they say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Happy New Year and welcome to 2018. This episode, Sandera and I discuss the archetypes and mythology of the latest Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. And we pulled a card to reflect on 2017 and one for the coming year. I, for one, was surprised and pleased about what turned up. And here's the show. Aloha, Sandera. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Julianne. I am so happy that we're kind of back, back on the same page. Sorry, I am just getting over a cold, um, which was my post-Christmas present <laughs> to myself to force me to rest. But um, I hope you had a great well, new year. I'm glad you're still here and, and that we can uh, join voices here in the beginning of the month of January and talk about some pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I am, I'm super excited. And so this show, we're going to talk about the new Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. And then um, you and I both, you pulled a card for us to reflect on 2017. And then I pulled a card to look forward to 2018, some things that we can reflect on in 2018. And I'm super excited to talk about that. But, um, but first, the new Star Wars film. I personally adored it, thought it was amazing. Me too. Yeah, and I'm a longtime Star Wars fan. Like, I was, I was pretty young when I saw it in the theater, but it, it, I'm certainly of the Gen X generation that was like the Star Wars generation. So I'm, while I'm not a super fan, I am a big fan of just the space opera and, you know, the, the hero's journey, all the older ones. Hey, the middle ones, whatever. We don't have to talk about this, but this new film... <laughs> Well, I know, I know, I know, know. but, but, um, I went, I think a week after it opened because I've been so busy and I I purposefully kind of put on my la, 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 la. I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to hear good. I don't want to hear bad. Don't want details. I wanted to be as fresh as possible. And, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that Mm. was fascinating mythology for what's, what's going on in our world right now. Yeah, it's a really interesting reflection on the times. And, you know, that initial Star Wars film that came out in the 70s was really, you know, it was this experiment, it was this reflection of sort of a hero's journey sort of thing. It really spoke to the people at that time. And I think we're seeing a whole new paradigm, a whole new way of conversing about things through this latest film, The Last Jedi. And talk about archetypal and you know, the, the tarot characters for me anyway, I did, I wanted to watch it a second time and really kind of put my archetypal tarot hat on, but I didn't get a chance. So, I mean, I, I try to go to movies just to just fall into it and just really enjoy it as a, you know, yeah. And I, so I didn't put as much deep analysis into it until afterwards. And, um, I don't know, there's so many standout characters in it that, um, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately in the last year is the priestess archetype and that sort of mysterious feminine yet really, really strong, you know, the feminine wisdom of the priestess and how it's so frequently misunderstood. And But to me, it's almost by design that you don't just show up and know, you know, you're not beyond that veil that she's protecting, right? You really have to become humble and step into it and um you're just 
you're not going to get it until you're, you're pushed through that threshold. And that threshold can be really difficult. And um, I saw the Laura Dern's character, Admiral Holdo, as a, a priestess, you know, with her purple hair and these robes. I was just really thinking, oh my God, she's a priestess. And, you know, from a, a viewer's point of view, I kind of loved her, but I was also really frustrated with her. What mm-hmm. did you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and it's just so interesting looking at the whole broad range of female leadership and female power and in this film. It's not just like the one Princess Leia anymore, mm-hmm. which was She's frustration uh, amongst myself and my friends growing up. You know, we loved Star Wars as kids playing in, in the desert fields. And, you know, there was like this one female character you could uh, jump into. Yeah. <laughs> now there are so many roles um, for good and ill uh, yeah. in each of these female characters, uh, which is just uh, really refreshing and invigorating. And now she's, you know, in this film, you know, and, and I think the previous one, she's general. Organa, you know, she's not Princess Leia. Um, I think all of that, that has gotten folded into this really um, kind of powerful character, but she's, I saw her as the the Empress as well, um, because she is, you know, and she's a mother, you know, there's a huge part of this movie is just about her own heartbreak over, you know, her, oh, by the way, spoilers, if anyone's, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said it at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Um, we can't not have spoilers in this, but something that, speaking of spoilers, I I went through and I watched um, some YouTubes about how, why the um, reviewers love this movie and why a lot of fans hated it. And that, I think, is a topic for conversation. And um, one thing that was brought up is they thought that um, the scene where... Um, Leia is out, you know, gets shot out into deep space and, you know, it looks like she's going to die, but she's using the force and she actually comes back. People were like, oh, well, that's just two Mary Poppins. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I see that kind of the turn of mind that just they thought that was too easy. But I don't know, for me, those scenes, it was just her breaking through her heartbreak of what mm. happened to her husband and what happened to her son to me that like she's out frozen in space symbolized that like you could turn to stone you could just completely be frozen in that you know gut-wrenching grief but she reached out to something the force whatever it was and she came back to me that was just gorgeous it was beautiful it was true and Uh, with the perspective of you know even outside the film the loss of Carrie Fisher and her story and you know all of us knowing you know this is the last time we're going to see her for real (laughs) and wondering you know when is that moment and seeing her in bed seeing her uh on death's door and seeing her return we have this feeling of her being with us and inside of ourselves always you know and uh i think that's an amazing uh theme actually that is surging through that entire film is that you know I think there's even a quote, I can't remember who says it, but no one is truly gone is kind of a theme that, that resonates in this film. Yeah. Um, and, and we're, we're really facing, you know, uh, the choice and the, the idea do, okay. The, the old ways, the old figures of power are dying or being killed. Um, what, what do we choose to take with us from this legacy and what, 
do we need to put away what needs to what does need to die uh, as we move forward uh, into a new into new stories, which is what Star Wars will be, you know, exploring and, and experimenting with from here on out. You know, this this is the old Star Wars, these old characters, you know, and they've found their own ends in this movie. Yeah. Oh gosh, that is so true. And so the death card, you know, that that comes up. And um speaking of that, you know, they've said that this film amongst fans has been the most divisive, which I think is totally thematic to what's happening in our world and specifically in the United States of of this kind of reaction and divisiveness amongst the fans versus, you know, a lot of what's considered diehard fans, which frequently I see are men um, that are very vocal about not liking the way the story arcs had gone called, you know, Princess Leia's, you know, Leia's two Mary Poppins and they're upset about what happens with Luke and you and I, I think we both find them the most fascinating and the most true Mm -hmm. of it. You know, there's no pat answer that death happens, you know, and it's, it's not pretty, but it's necessary. And uh, the reaction to even Mark Hamill early on before the movie came out was saying he was really disappointed with the story arc of his character, Luke. And I think that's Sandera really just fodder for conversation because he's the hero, right? He's the person from the, uh, the early 19, the, the first films. He's, it's the hero's journey. He's the hero that we're following on the journey. And um, this kind of disappointment people had with his arc and how, you know, he was too tempted by the dark side. I think, I don't know, people who are upset about are kind of missing the point about the, mm. the, the force itself and the shadow that it brings out. And the greater light that you have, the more of a hero you are, the more tempted you will by, be by, you know, the, the dark forces. So. Yeah, it's it's and it's like we've left the realm of the one hero. Mm-hmm. Story. This this is uh, coming at the audience from so many different directions. There's so many different um, quote unquote heroes now in the, in this film. So it's mm-hmm. it's really looking at a diversity of perspectives, and um, and and there's a quote from Leia in the film um, about Holdo. Uh, who we were speaking about earlier mm-hmm. um, and spoken to Poe, who I know you've connected to kind of to the chariot archetype. Oh gosh. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> chariot, right? She's, uh, Leia tells him um, that Holder was more interested in protecting the light than seeming like a hero. Yeah. That's um, a huge theme in this too. And I can, yeah. I get the sense that the people reacting negatively against the film, that maybe those, that sort of like change of archetypes, you know, going from the very clear Poe Dameron, the clear chariot hero moving forward, taking risks to the priestess who's like, no, this is messy, but we got to protect the people. You know, we won't, what are we fighting for if we don't protect the people? And to me, that was the crux of a lot of the film was because even, even me watching it, I was like, no, Poe, Poe is right. You got to take the risk. But really just looking at how it plays, how it played out in the film it's just, it's closer to our lives, you know, the unexpected, the messy, the fact that the chariot, the hero has to be wise. They have to learn that wisdom and they're going to learn it the hard way, most likely, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's reflecting back to us our own fears and reservations and curiosity around uh, female leadership, I felt like in that whole 
Holdo-Po dynamic. Um, and you, you are, you know, sort of resonating with what he's saying and then you're, you're seeing her in this negative light. I, I can't help but think about this, the kind of um, energies and opinions around Hillary uh, that we we had in certain stages. So I think as a culture, we're reflecting on what does it what does it mean to trust a, a female in power? Well, any any woman in charge, basically, um, you know, there's some exceptions. I think to the female leadership on the global stage that you know certain. I think like Maggie Thatcher was far more of the masculine. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't really. She, I think, probably because of the time. And I'm no Maggie Thatcher apologist, but. Um, had to really sublimate the feminine, like almost beyond recognition. And I think the the biopic that they made of her a number of years ago was was interesting in trying to examine that very question. But um, yeah, getting back to the film, the a lot of critique that I heard of anyway was it's too diverse. You're forcing diversity on us and. I I was kind of like, oh, no, we're just kind of representing what actual life is like. (laughs) And um, I don't know, to me, it didn't feel forced. I think these characters looked more like us, the greater us, than than previous films. I don't know, what do you think? No, absolutely. I mean, one perspective could be like, oh, you know, are they purposely just kind of checking off these diversity boxes or are they they're really opening this universe (laughs) to what it needs to be, which is a reflection of uh, as many different kinds of people from different backgrounds as possible. And, uh, and, and this is the first time that uh, an Asian American woman has starred in Star Wars uh, from a Vietnamese background, uh, Vietnamese American. And, uh, and I'm actually taking one of her quotes uh, the most deeply with me um, when she says, um, that's how we're going to win, not fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. Right. Oh my God. Rose in uh, Star Wars. And I I think that this is a really great message for our time, which is, you know, there's a lot of polarity. There's a lot of, you know, um, anger and hate towards, you know, across both sides and towards each other. And, um, and I think it's, it is hard to find that seed of love and uh, focus on that when there's just a lot of dissension. Um, So if we, if we can focus on that and, weed through and find that and hold on to that. I think that's a great message that this, this film is participating in. Yeah. And in, oh God, you're so right. I think um, that was a brilliant quote. And I definitely was just like, you know, a tear rolling down my eye when she, when she said that, and it's reminiscent of, of kind of the message that was in the Wonder Woman film, which we discussed on another podcast. Something that strikes me too is, you know, like the emotion of hate is it burns it burns so bright but it it doesn't you know it doesn't have a long life it sort of like burns brightly and then it you know it goes back down to this seething boil where if we Mm. are working with the energy of love to me it has like a a a longer shelf life you know and you can keep you can keep it going and you can keep stoking it and you know it's like which which dragon do you feed and i think the message of this film is definitely saving what we love and refocusing on, you know, what you love and why it hurts so much to have it taken away. I mean, that's where that hate comes from. I I truly believe that, you know, we're, when we're angry, we're angry because we're hurt, right? We're reacting out of hurt. But like, if you go back to the, the original, the original crux of things of like, you're hurt because you, 
you something you love was taken away and it always comes back to love so that to me is it's more powerful and it's messy life is messy and i think that's something too that people were like oh god this movie there's so many things were unexpected and it it didn't go the way we expected it to and i'm like yeah yeah sounds familiar <laughs> it sounds familiar <laughs> absolutely and you know and and, and while- while we're on this d- discussion of love, you know, I'm feeling like this leads to the card that I drew for 2017, but I just want to make sure that you've shared all of the passion and interest. And in uh, I mean, there's probably a million more, but, um, <laughs> but maybe that's another podcast, but is there anything else you want to say about um, Star Wars? I, well, I mean, we, I really want to touch on Ray a little bit as well. Oh, as Luke. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, to me, the, the, the relationship, we saw the two, of the around the same age so kylo ren who is you know the dark side guy and ray they started communicating so to me the way that unfolded Mm -hmm. through the film is this compassion and reaching out i mean you really could just say you know what kylo ray write him off he's just a bad guy right oh right Right. he's killed all these people he killed his father um but that reaching out that what was happening between Ray speaking through the force. So the force is this conduit as well as an energy, right? So their reaching out gave me, I mean, we had so much hope, right? That maybe she could turn him, bring him back to the light side. That um, as well as her facing herself when she, she dove deep into I don't, the dark force within that Island um, I mean, that was about as Jungian as it gets, right? That, yeah, that was amazing. Dipping yeah. in there. I mean, we, you know, we, we can't ignore that. And we, I think seeing that as part of this process and, you know, she's both feet in to this rebellion and she's discovering so much about herself and it's scary. And she connects with Kylo, who's kind of her, you know, not equal, but they're, they're in it together. And that her compassion for him, but also fear of him, but she couldn't help but continue to reach out, I thought was true and fascinating. And just the, the specific danger that I felt, you know, cause I'm kind of on the side of Ray, right? She, you know, we admire her character, but that reaching out through the force to Kylo and his <laughs> I thought it was a little bit silly. He tends to quiver his lips a lot. And I'm all like, okay, stop that. <laughs> stop with the quivering lips. But that, you know, that aside, that to me was was very, very true. And that she's not, she's not going to give up on him. She wants to support his, you know, inner battle that's going on. And she's got one, she's got one too. But I think with her character, she comes back even stronger for the light side. And I'm sure she sees a little bit of herself in Kylo a little bit. So that's, that's a lot to deal with. And that to me is, I just thought that was true to life. Um, And she says during the course of the movie, she says, I need someone to show me my place in all of this. mm. And and I, I really think she's reflecting where kind of where we're all at in this, in this world situation that we're in right now. Where, where, where am I in the, the map of this sort of chaotic disaster and, and how, how can I help? And uh, it's not necessarily writing off the other uh, or the one that disagrees with you or the one that's opposite to you or with uh, these histories and darkness, um, but to to keep that conversation going. Um, 
and to find, you know, to have that practice and to find that light within herself. Yeah. And she's looking to Luke too. And I think, you know, the, mm-hmm. the controversy about, you know, Luke, you know, he should be the hero. He should stand back. I thought that was what happens with Luke and her, you know, she's reaching out to him be like, teach me teaching. And he's just like, no, you know, like, no, we this should be destroyed, you know, and done with it because he saw that darkness in himself because you can imagine he has spent his entire adult life prior to him going off to be the hermit. There's a tarot and an archetype for you. Prior to him being a hermit, he, we find out a little bit more of like why he went away and how he faced his dark side and he saw it and he got the hell out of there. He's <laughs> just like, no, you know, he almost killed his nephew and the betrayal that Kylo felt by that spurned him to the dark side. And so Luke has had to live with that. And to me, that is true to life. That is, you know, yeah, you do want him to be like, dun, 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 and back to the hero, but like, it's, it is a difficult thing. And if he's lived in his hermitage for that long, that's, you know, really takes some escape velocity to get out of that. And I think to me, that's Ray showing up to show him his own inner youthful hero you know, and I, I, I'm not super happy with the way it ended because I wanted more detail, but I still found it, um, well, not satisfying in the, in a certain way. It was kind of like true to, true to life. And maybe mm-hmm. I think that's yes. what people, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted a little bit more fantasy, um, in, the, in their film, but I don't know. I agree with Ryan Johnson, the director's kind of choice with that. Not everything's simple and straightforward. That's uh, right. But, there's a lot know, there, to take away from it. There is so much. And and there's just that little ray of hope in the end with, even though it's sort of doubtful, you know, the way it's left and uh, it's such a small crew and, and uh, so much has happened. Uh, Ray's like, well, how are we going to, how are we going to continue to fight with all this? And um, Leia says, she looks around, she says, we have everything that we need. We have everyone that we need. Yeah, that was and, perfect. <laughs> so good and what a line and, the, and the, exactly and just to <laughs> not forget that I mean that is truly heroic yeah it's truly truly heroic because so to me in, in a way it did end with the world um because you see you know the children that were mm-hmm. in those in those stables and their relationship to the animals I thought was really brilliant I loved the animals in this film too and the creatureness oh. of it yeah, and yeah exactly and so to me this sort of ending in a way with the the younger generation and they're mm-hmm. setting those animals free. And then there's, you know, that to me is highly symbolic of, you know, we have to love our planet. We have to love the creatures on it, you know, to be in mm-hmm. more of a relationship with that. So, you know, call me a hippie flower child, tree hugging, whatever, but I don't know if that's what I took from it. It was, it was very powerful. So, and it does lead us into the card that, you pulled for us to reflect on 2017. So, so this was an ominous task. We almost didn't do it. We were we like, almost, we're like, oh, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I felt really drawn to draw this card myself. And, uh, and I was really surprised. But then after some reflection, not surprised uh, with what, what was drawn. And it, it was, drum roll, Ta-da. the lovers. The lovers. Oh boy. I was like, at first, what? 
the lovers. It's the card most everybody wants to draw in a relationship spread. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I just draw a personal card? Uh, it was a good love year for me, I must admit. It was a good love year. Um, but, uh, you know, in thinking about things sort of collectively, uh, it, this became a really interesting card to think about for 2017. Uh, because I remembered, uh, and this is kind of going back when we used to do, remember our early podcasts? Six years ago, sure. Oh my gosh. When we were, uh, I would look at the Marseille's uh, major arcana and you would look at the uh, right away. And um, there is something interesting in the Marseille's version of this card, which is depicts the, the young man and he's kind of between two women, one's younger, one seems more matronly and queen-like. And uh, it seems like he's really in the middle of a choice. Um, and up above, there's a sort of divine presence. There's Cupid, there's Eros. And, um, and I thought, whoa, choices, choices. And, and, you know, as we were kind of launching our discussion around Star Wars around this too, and Rose's quote came to me about choosing love, I thought, oh, you know, what are we going to choose to focus on um, in the, the d- dilemma that we're in here? <laughs> and are we going to focus on the light that we bring and the love that we have? Or are we going to focus on um, these things that are tearing us apart? Um, yeah, well, that's when you when you drew it, I immediately thought you must have drawn that reversed because the lovers reversed is pretty emblematic of what has happened since um, at least you know, Brexit, but also more specifically in the United States, I think since, you know, Trump was inaugurated or won the election or mm-hmm. won the electoral college election anyway, but, um, the, you know, lovers reversed of just like not, not listening, the disconnection, the, mm-hmm. the to me, apparent battle between the masculine and feminine archetypes of, you know, the, I think what a lot of people really like about Trump is that he doesn't play by the rules and he's just basically tromping through everything without thought or without constraint in thinking that that is the way, you know, we will make change with the rest of the world also going, no, wait a minute, diplomacy, listening, caring about other people. So there's that agency of the masculine and, and, you know, you call it the shadow or call it it's negative effect of just not giving a crap about what other people think and marching forward and leaving whatever in your wake, you know, the chaos that creates to the community aspect and listening to other people. And it takes time and patience and, and it's frustrating. And Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. idea that it's like the pendulum's going to swing one way or the other. And I'm like, I think we're pretty tired of that pendulum swing. Like my neck hurts from going one (laughs) to the other. Oh my God, how, how do you sow the seeds of a more community understanding and, yeah. a, and at least a beginning tolerance of, of chaos and understanding the positive masculine of how we can, you know, move forward um, and integrate these things. So it's, it's something definitely like, yeah, 2017 was a lot of that. And, yeah, and and so in the view of this sort of positive masculine, so this figure that's in the center of this card making this choice, and also we used to you know look at the major arcana as a journey, right? Uh, mm-hmm. If you in order, and in this stage of his journey, he's it's sort of an initiation, and he's also having to confront 
the fact that there's responsibilities to the choice that he makes. Um, and so the choice that the United States debatably, debatably <laughs> made to elect uh, Donald Trump is, is, so this year, the 27th, we're, we're all trying to figure out what that means and what the responsibility is behind this. Um, and so we put a figure at the forefront who reflects uh, the a lot of the qualities of, the, of our shadow culture or narcissism and so forth. And it's come to the surface. It's aggravating. Uh, it's like this rash. But I think we're all talking and, and hashing it out more since it's in front of us. Um, and so each of us have to make individual choices. Uh, how are we going to live in this world? Uh, how, do, how do we choose to see and treat people? Well, and, and I think, too, there's just this new chaos of it's not rational. You know, there's nothing like what is truth in this idea of fake news. And right. it's that is that I think the tricky, trickiest part about it is the, the kind of um, the propaganda. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm at a loss sometimes. I'm just absolutely at a loss. I was like, some people are just mentally ill. <laughs> You can't see see the forest for the trees, and I think that's that's the most difficult thing. Is you, there's no such thing really as any kind of rational conversation mm. um, because of the thrall, the 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 power of that emperor, the strongman archetype, that savior, is such that you can't have doubt. It it requires your absolute loyalty because. If you let any anything in, it's going to take over. If you let anything kind of rational come in, it it will work its way through the cracks, and you will have to let go of that deity. And that to me is the that to me is the difficulty that I see. The people that are staunchly sort of like no matter what horrible thing this person does, um, they can't see it because if you do that, everything tumbles. And it crumbles. And I've seen it happen to people where they're finally like, all right, mea culpa, I give up. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as it kind of gets through to some people, they kind of get their rational brain back. It is galvanizing those <laughs> to, to insulate themselves even more and live in this bubble of this is the way things, you know, right. it's the only way to kind of get things done. Um, and yeah, you know what, this, this Cupid in the lover's card, he looks kind of like he's bursting through a bubble with his bow and arrows. And, um, and, he, and I, I, in reflecting on this, I remember Eros is the son of chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the presiding deity in this lover's card. Um, and it's, this co- conflict is just uh, boiling over at this point. Um, but it's, it's a prerequisite, I think, to whatever this next stage is that we're entering into. We have to go through this chaotic conflict. It's just, it's right in front of us now. It is. And I'm so glad that that was for 2017 because the card, (laughs) the card that was pulled for 2018. And I personally, I mean, I I am breathing a sigh of relief that 2017 is over. I definitely feel waking up on January 1st. I was like, okay, new things are happening. Like I'm just, don't let the door hit you on the way out 2017, <laughs> just like, but the card that I pulled, I was actually shocked, surprised, and pleased because I swear to you, as I was about to pull it over, I'm like, it's going to be the devil. I just know it's going to be the devil. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't. So drum roll. 
The card for 2018 is no less than the star. Yay. That was a relief, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel it. I feel it. And I'm really glad it was the star because the first thing I think of with the star is hope of reorienting, just like Rose's character said, saving what we love of looking continually on the horizon and following that star. And um, it says that maybe this is going to be another trudge year, but um, everything that got turned over, um, I think especially for women in 2017, that we have this feminine archetype in the star. It's a, it's a womanly character and drawing from that river, you know, the water and look, you know, this, the emotion of, of moving up of that guiding light, I think is, is really, really big. So much junk came up. So much awfulness came up from, you know, I mean, amazing from the women's march through to bookended by the Me Too movement and conversations and everything that's happening around that, the awareness from that, that, you know, it's great to see that star on the horizon, right? Like, oh. And yet, and yet it's a truthful card because it, it's acknowledging too that we're in a period of darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is a, an event that's happening at night and a lot of the work that's being done is, is being done unconsciously. So she's, she's got two vessels uh, pictured at this river and one of the vessels pours water back in to the river and the other one is pouring onto the land. So there's just some things that we cannot face yet that are just too hard. And those things that are overwhelming, they get flowed back into the unconscious stream. Uh, but there is a lot that we're ready for. There's a lot that needs is ready to be voiced and faced. And, um, and this is what this, these waters are providing new growth. And so that's the water that you see pouring onto the, the consciousness, consciousness of the land, um, sprouting up in some new vegetation vegetation, some new growth. Uh, it might also create some mud. I can see some mud here, <laughs> but yeah. you know, but we're facing it nakedly. There's a certain surrender that comes with the star, like, oh, I thought I knew my place in the universe uh, way long back ago, but uh, turns out all the things that I thought I knew, there's more I need to face and look at. <laughs> and so there's, there's a sort of surrender that can be done in this moment, in this sort of baptism. That is, yeah, exactly, that baptism. And also there's, there's something about the, the posture of, you know, your, your head is bowed, right? There's, there's something flowing through, your head is bowed. So you're, you're humbled, but in a good way. You're coming back down to earth, but at the same time, the star is there pulling you up. If you look at this card in the trajectory of the order of the major arcana, I mean, it's been, it acknowledges yes. that it's been a rough fucking ride. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what have you had before this? You had just kind of started with the hangman. That was kind of a stuck place. You know, people weren't really looking, you know, at themselves or whatever. It was, we were in a stuck place, you know, and then, uh, uh, then you have death for God's sakes. <laughs> And then, you know, you have a brief respite with temperance, you know, if you think maybe things are going to be okay. And then whammo, you've got the falling tower. Uh, oh, the devil first before yeah. the you got yeah. the devil and then you've got the tower. Uh, and then, so here we are. I mean, whew, yes. It's, rough. it's been rough. It's been really fucking rough. 
<laughs> it has been rough. I think that's something too that we can acknowledge. We can bow our head to the fact that it has been very, very difficult. Um, for me personally, there's this onslaught of, of, you know, what has been happening and just, you know, the resistance and, and a lot of my energy that I thought I would spend more on other things in 2017 was just absconded with just because in the present moment, this is what I have to do. You know, this is the conversation that needs to be have, the optimism that was brought up in me. I mean, I almost put, you know, I was like, no more podcasts. Like, I can't do it. I have to concentrate on resisting and speaking the truth to power and all of that. Um, but we, you know, we couldn't. We're like, okay, we're going to keep the podcast going. And thank God for our patrons who have stepped up and continue to step up to help us make the show happen. Um, you know, that there's a community around what we're doing. And, um, and I just, yeah, I have much appreciation. All of those stars on the card, I like to think of as our patrons. We're <laughs> giving us... I to plug the patrons. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely mean it. You know, they're there. I'm like, okay, I got to do it for the patrons, you know. <laughs> doing all these other things. But um, yeah, yeah. So I, we have a lot to look forward to. And the, the reverence that this car shows is important, but also... Look at those big damn stars up there. Just remember those. You know, we're yeah, seeking what and, we um, love. I uh, I had the pleasure of attending a solstice event with Michael Mead. Oh yeah, in the twenty seventeen, and uh, he he shared some interesting sort of. You know, he's a mythologist, but he he was coming in with some science too, and uh, and one of the, the things he mentioned was that you know it's been shown that there's 60 tons of cosmic dust that fall on the earth every day and uh Ooh. so it's really this card really brings up to that beautiful serbian proverb that you know to be humble for be humble because you're made from the dung of the earth but be noble because you're made from the dust of stars and this is literally true <laughs> it's literally true and um but you know, on the shadow side of that, there is uh, there is the fact that we are losing darkness um, as a whole. Uh, the the light pollution um, from our societies have are are we're actually losing sight of the, the Milky Way uh, little bit by little bit. So um, so it's a good reminder. You know, we need to keep sight of the stars as much as we can, and to uh, you know, if you think um, on from a universal perspective, you know, it, it doesn't, I guess, matter a huge amount what happens here on earth, but while we're here on earth, it ma matters a great deal. So keeping that mind in mind for 2018 is, is definitely within me. Yeah. And I think um, just the sim symbology of light pollution um, is important. We can reflect on this particular card and in 2018 of well, what does that mean in your life? The light pollution, there's like, spending too much time, you know, what light is coming from those like useless obsessions, you know, certain to a certain degree, social media, or, you know, those distractions that, mm -hmm. that you and from not being able to see that star as brightly. Um, that's, I think, really important. Maybe it's something to reflect on and look at your life and where are those distractions that don't have any nutrition for you. You know, what is, what's the junk food in your life that's not really feeding you? What are the other lights that are going to be drowning out your true calling, your true goal, and that, that focus? I mean, I'm so blessed to be in Hawaii where, you know, there's very little light pollution here. And, and on mm -hmm. Maui, there's 
there's not much. So I can go out any given night without clouds and see, you know, the arm of the Milky Way. And um, Mm -hmm. it's such a blessing to have darkness and quiet. Um, Things tend to be really quiet. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that every day. Um, yeah, so so not only the symbolism of how is light present or maybe over-present in your life, but how also can we welcome, you know, healthy darkness uh, and, uh, you know, getting a good night's sleep. That research is out there. Oops, I'm speaking and, uh, of, oh, I speaking, of light. Oh. speaking of light, I forgot to put my phone on silence. Uh, <laughs> that's God calling me. Oh, God. Your cell phone. <laughs> Oh God! Well, I I don't I I feel I feel good about this. Do we um, we can wrap it up on keeping keeping our star in sight and honoring the darkness and that's right. Know. And and I think that there's a question in this card that everyone is going to answer differently, which is what what is your guiding star? You know, there's one star. There's many stars in the sky uh, pictured in this card, and uh, but there's this one that's in the forefront. And uh, it's a morning star. So it's showing that, you know, the dawn's going to rise soon. Um, But what is your morning star? What is your guiding light uh, through this year? Uh, We'd love to hear from you, um, patrons and listeners. And um, it would be really neat to hear how each person is bringing their light or darkness. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be posting. um, We'll post on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, these cards and uh, links to things. Absolutely. Please um, people stay in touch with us and we'll continue this conversation until our next show, which will probably not be until February. Um, I'm going to have some up. Can I mention one more synchronicity of this card that you drew? Yes, please. So it happens to be the 17th card of the Major Arcana, but if you add the Fool, the zero card at the beginning there, it is the 18th card. Oh, that is true. For 2018. I like that. I like that. It's good. I'll take it. I'll take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just glad I wasn't the devil. But you know what? Actually, as we were talking when I pulled it, the next card up was the devil. <laughs> oh, he's around, you know, he's, he's present. Around. He's around. <laughs> Keeping things interesting around here. Oh, God. All right. Well, it's been lovely as always, Miss Sandera. Aloha to you in Aloha, San Julian. Francisco. And uh, much love and aloha to all of our listeners, you guys. So until next time, ciao, ciao. Aloha. We know you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life, but we're thrilled that you spent it with us. So what are your thoughts and hopes for 2018? Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at tarotpodcast, or send us an email, tarotpodcast at gmail.com. And we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and all about the rewards that you get for joining. And of course, ginormous thanks to our patrons, Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, Rash, Christine, Kat, and Allie. We couldn't do it without you. This podcast is produced by Both and Media, and the theme music is by The Lunar Group. <laughs>